Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for every, every seed, every tithe sown in this house. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you're just, Lord, your faithfulness goes above and beyond what we could ever hope or dream, Lord. And so, Lord, we just thank you today, Jesus. Have your way. Let your word go forth with power today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Go ahead and have your seats. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and we're diving straight in. We're, we're in Acts and we ended last week in verse 11 in chapter 3. We've just been on this, this timeline, this journey that apparently I'm stuck on. And so we're just going to keep on going right this way. And last week we ended at verse 11. We're going to start at verse 11 and we're going to read down through verse 20 in Acts chapter 3. It says, As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed and when they saw it he responded to the people men of Israel why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or our own godliness we had made this man walk the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Amen. Amen. Whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this soundness in the presence of you all. Verse 17. Yet now, brothers, I know that you did this all in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Amen. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Lord, just have your way today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. You know, these passages right here, really this story of the lame man, which we really preached and 
talked some about last week with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It produces intimacy and unity in our lives, and that result of intimacy with Christ and unity of spirit within the body of Christ that we saw that this great and first miracle began to happen. This was a pivotal point in church history for many obvious reasons, all the obvious ones that we've been talking about now for weeks. But there was another one that was and is not so obvious to us that we will try to bring some, some clarity to and some power to today. We know salvation had come to the church. By this point, we know that the Holy Spirit has been poured out by Jesus upon His church. God with us, pre-salvation, in us, at salvation, upon us, at the outpouring of the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But now, with this passage in the apostles leading the way and those other of the 120, which very quickly became 3,120, remember, so now there's a lot of disciples. Now came the time of... Check. Keeps on going out. Now came the time of the Great Commission. And with that was the implementation of some of what Jesus was teaching pre-death, burial, resurrection, ascension. One of which we see in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, where Jesus said, when talking and passage talking about the Great Commission, and these signs will follow those who believe. We know that, and we also know all this actually, but it says, in my name, everybody say, in my name. In my name, in my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. We also see in John 14, 13 through 14, where Jesus was teaching them, in whatever you ask in my name, everybody say, ask in my name. Uh, for the sake of repeating it, let's just say it like this, ask in Jesus's name. <laughs> it just doesn't quite sound right, ask in my name. Jesus was saying, as you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What was not so obvious to us as New Testament Christians, which needs to become like a volcano exploding in our life as we journey with Christ was the beginning of the use of Jesus's name. Jesus had taught them that in my name and that these things would happen in my name, but to understand the significance of this, you have to understand that for the Jewish people, in the Jewish population, 
to use the name of God or even to speak his name was something that was not done. Jewish people, observant Jews, would not, and all the way through tradition till today, not Christian Jews, but observant Jews, do not speak the name of God. As a matter of fact, you go and, and look into this a little bit. There's one Jewish writer, he says, we Jews have an absolute obsession with avoiding uttering God's name. An absolute obsession with not using the name of God. Where does this obsession comes from? Well, it obviously comes from that third commandment. Let's remember those. Remember the Ten Commandments? I thought about getting an index card and passing it out today and going all legalistic on you and getting you to write the Ten Commandments, right? Let's see if we can just do it all together. I'm going to get away from my notes. I have reviewed already, though. You're like, Pastor, how I many did you know before I got to admit I had two out of place and I, and I did forget and I did forget two. So there, I confessed. I confess, I had a couple out of order, and, and, I, and I, out of all things, I forgot thou shalt not lie. <laughs> really, for no particular reason. I'm a very honest person. <laughs> and what was the other one I forgot? I forgot, um, I don't know. Anyway, all right, num number one commandment, you know, you shall have no other God. All right, number two commandment, you shall... You shall, have no, you shall have no carved images. No carved images. Number, number three commandment, and this is the one that we'll come back to in a minute. Now we're just having a little fun for a moment. But, but number three commandment is, you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. Number four commandment, just for the sake, just for the fun of it. Keep the Sabbath holy. Number five commandment. Honor your father and mother. Now, number, number six, seven, eight. Six, seven, eight could easily get put out of order. Thou shall not kill. Kills hers. Thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not steal. All right. The number nine. It gets hard when you get to that nine and ten, right? Thou shall not cover thy neighbor's stuff, right? And number ten. Thou shalt not bear false testimony. Sort of the same as lie. Let's come back to number three. That was fun, right? Exodus 17, go read it. <laughs> Just on your own. The Jewish people and that, those commandments, remember it all, it all revolved around these commandments. And number three was, I shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. And so from that and from the, the obvious legalism and the law of approach and just trying to, you know, perform every little, you know, every little cross and every little dot, every little tit and tittle, you know, you, the Jewish people would begin to avoid the use 
of all of God's name, all the names, you know, in terms of whether Jehovah or Elohim, Shaddai, Almighty, Eloah, you know, or Yahweh, they wouldn't even spell it. It's Y-H-W-H, God, or El, God, or Elyah, I am. All these names, they would, they would even, the really observant ones wouldn't even write it. Wouldn't even write it. But now we're flung into this this new season where Jesus, who's proclaiming himself to be the Son of God from the beginning of time, not begotten in terms of meaning that he just came into existence from the Father. No, the Son was there with the Father and the Spirit ever since, ever since. And now he's teaching them and telling them that they need to begin to use his name. Not only use it, but speak it. It was a new liberating thought that can only, especially for the Jewish person, that takes salvation in a new creation in the spirit of the living God, living and dwelling, and most importantly, giving us the confidence from within to be able to have such boldness in this life. So departing from the traditions and law and all the ways of old, now was the time at this risen Christ in this New Testament era, this church era, being the same as Jehovah in all those names we just read of the Old Testament, the same God. Amen. You're going to see something amazing in a moment when we get to the children of Israel in, in Horeb, at Mount Horeb. But Jesus is the rock of all ages, and his name is the only name given under heaven by which man can be saved. And in Isaiah, in chapter 26, is 3 through 4, one of my favorite scriptures, of course, we say that a lot, right? What we mean by that when we say that, it's one of the ones that we actually memorized. <laughs> That's what we all mean by that. One of my favorite scriptures. I can actually tell you what it is and where it is in the Bible. All right, that's what we mean by favorite scripture. And Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says this. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Verse 4 says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Each one shall be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Jesus. You see, one's mind is on that which we think and that which we speak. One's thoughts is formulated from that which enters into all the gateways of our life. Spiritually, obviously, being our heart, but practically being our eyes and our ears, even our mouth, but not what goes into a man, no longer defiles of man, but only what comes out of a man. What comes out of a man is what is spoken by a man. 
That's why we have to begin to guard our gateways. Any area in our life void of peace, according to Isaiah 26, 3 through 4, is an area of our life that is lacking none other than the power of the name of Jesus and trusting in that name. If we believe the absolute nature of the Word of God, the Word of God says perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Just lift your hands, close your eyes. There's no other, there's no better way we can say than to bring ourselves into a place of perfect peace than by just uttering the name of Jesus. Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You say, I wonder, just by yourself, close your eyes. Don't worry about anybody around you. When's the last time you actually uttered his name? Other than maybe in Jesus' name. Jesus, I love you. In the name of Jesus. Healing and strength and peace of mind and provision. Jesus. You see, in Jesus. Amen. There's perfect peace in Jesus and Jesus's name we can trust forever if we look at that passage in in verse 4 3 and 4 right there in Isaiah a translation of that is for Yah another name the Lord is everlasting strength translated Jehovah is the rock of ages Jesus is our rock. To utter his name is so crucial and important to our journey with Christ. And it was on this day in Acts chapter 3, when it's the first time that we see Peter and John set the tone. Silver and gold, it's not about what we have in our pockets or in our homes. But what I have of true value I give to you in the name of Jesus. Learning how to utter this name of Christ in all areas of our life, praying in the name of Jesus, laying hands in the name of Jesus, speaking to those devils in our life in the name of Jesus, speaking to adverse situations in the name of Jesus. This goes all the way back to even we begin to see in the wilderness, the people following Moses, where in Corinthians it says that in the wilderness they drank from this spiritual rock. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 13. Let's just dig around in that little passage, powerful passage, for a moment. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 13. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. Let's see, I want to go down a little bit. Okay, verse 2. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock 
drinking from the rock. <laughs> drinking from the rock. It's, it's like a, it doesn't even make sense, right? I mean, in the natural, you don't go to a rock to get drink from. But Jesus is both that cornerstone, that rock in our life, as well as the source of all drink and spiritual sustenance for our life. They drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, I want you to hold that thought, and we're, we're all up in New Testament right now. I mean, remember, Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus, you know, Jehovah of the Old is Jesus of the New, one God, triune Godhead. Right now in Corinthians, we're teaching of the spiritual nature of the experiences of the people of God in the wilderness and how the rock that they drank from was actually the rock, Christ, but yet their hardness, their rebellion still scattered them throughout the wilderness. Verse 6, but these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become adulterers. And we're going to pause there for a second. Because we see here in the wilderness that, that even under the, the old system and under the leadership of Moses, having that deliverance from Egypt as a picture of salvation and coming through the Red Sea into this wilderness adventure that was going to last an unnecessary 40 years in their life that God provided drink for them from Christ in the wilderness. Now, the hardness of their hearts, what took place at at Horeb, that mountain where God spoke to Moses in Exodus 17, verses 4 through 6. When God told Moses, you shall do with this people. Or Moses was asking God, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people. Taking with you some of the elders and taking your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of God and all Israel. You see, we're talking about beginning to use the name of Jesus and have gone over to how now Jesus is the rock, the immovable rock of all ages in our life. And now swinging over into Exodus to, to see something at the beginning of their journey. And we're going to see something else at the end of their journey. That's, that should be alarming for all of us today. But here at Horeb, it's actually a picture I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but it's actually a picture of the Trinity. Here at Rock, at the Rock, in the wilderness, with Moses leading them, God speaks to Moses and says, I will stand before you 
at the rock. And then you've got the rock, and 1 Corinthians tells us the rock is Christ. And then what shall flow from the rock? Water, the living water. Jesus says, come unto me all who thirst, and I will give you living water. And he was talking about of the Spirit who had yet not been given. All the way here in the wilderness, God revealing himself to these people. There I am, Moses. I will stand right there before you. And Christ, the rock and the water will flow. Just strike the rock once and the water will flow. Jesus spoke of the Spirit whom shall come but had not yet been given. Why? Because he had not been stricken yet. It's a picture here at Mount Horeb. It's a picture of Christ. It's a beginning picture of Christ in the wilderness of the Father standing there right when Christ, the rock, was going to be struck in that water, that spiritual sustenance. Spiritual sustenance. You've got to have the water from the rock. You've got to have it. People of Israel, they just, they just couldn't quite get it. They couldn't quite, they couldn't quite get their trust all the way there that, man, he, he split the sea. He brought the plagues. Surely he's not going to let us just die of drought. Surely he's going to give us water. Instead, they complain and grumble and try to create other little golden things. That What's that little golden thing going to do for you anyway? Is that golden thing going to bring water from the rock? What golden things in our life that we, that we set up and turning our attention from the one who brings spiritual drink from the rock instead of just trusting in the rock of ages? the rock of our heart the rock that is higher than we the rock of our salvation the Lord gave them drink the Lord kept their shoes I need a little bit more of that in my life the whole shoe thing with kids, Lord, I think I need to start anointing. Maybe we need to start anointing the shoes. That's what we need to start doing. Start praying over the shoes. Boy, shoes. Who makes shoes that last anymore? Maybe rubber. Just make them out of metal. I just need shoes that are made out of metal for my kids. All these miracles. Hey, I'm going to jump the gun and just say this now while we're on it. A miracle is never enough. Will God work miracles in your life? Absolutely. Luke 17, the 10 lepers, 10 come, 10 are healed, one returns. Jesus says, where, where are the nine? Jesus will work miracles in people's lives. The question is, Will that person whose life had a miracle worked in it, will they return 
with thankfulness unto the Lord. Let's not get, the miracles are expected. Peter and John said, why are you amazed? It's not about the miracle. It's about the name. It's about Jesus. Because watch what happens here. Forty years go by. Shoes, cover, manna, water from rocks, bitter waters made sweet. Oh, miracle after miracle. And we get all the way to Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Forty years later, the old story repeating itself yet again. Numbers 20, 8 through 13. Take the staff and assemble the congregation. You and Aaron, your brother. And by the way, Miriam by this point has already died. That's where we figure Miriam was the eldest of the three, 126, 127. She died right before at the beginning of Numbers 20. And Miriam died about just about a year before the children of Israel entered into the promised land. Aaron was soon to follow. Moses would soon to follow after this because Moses, Moses in a moment of frustration, well, let me jump not to go. Let's read the scriptures first. Get all excited. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. You and Aaron and your brother and tell the rock. Listen. Tell the rock. Speak to the rock. Before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and to their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord and he commanded him as he commanded him that Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels! Shall we bring water from the rock for you again? And Moses lifted up his arm and he struck the rock. He got carried away all in his charisma. Struck it twice. You know what's the most amazing thing? And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. You see, this, this was Kadesh. The first experience was at Horeb, 40 years prior. This was at Kadesh. Remember, all these things given to us for our examples, for our admonishment. 
You see, Moses, God had a sovereign plan in providing for his people in that first rock, which was who? Christ Christ at Horeb that brought forth that spiritual drink. It was to be only struck once. You see, Christ in Hebrews, it now teaches us that he would only die once and shed his blood once. You see, the whole, the whole wilderness experience for the children of Israel was for you. It was for me. It was to show the progressive yet incomplete nature of God's plan in our life. Going from striking the rock to speaking to the rock. Going from no longer not saying the name of God to now saying and speaking the name of Jesus. It's it's this progression of gospel that's found all up in the Old Testament wilderness of the people of God. Yet here the people of God are again. It's like it's like you know Charlie Brown. Forty years. It's amazing Moses didn't go crazy sooner. It's amazing. Forty years of grumbling, living under a miracle. Shoes, covering, water, food. Jesus was many rocks within the word. Forty years later, the same people still hungry, thirsty, complaining, murmuring. Moses told to speak to the rock, but in a moment of haste, a moment of frustration, a moment of disobedience, and even the word of God tells us a moment of unbelief. Didn't believe God. Don't strike speak it's to be an example it's to be a sign because now we speak the name now jesus tells us in matthew 17 20 he says speak say to this mountain move from here to there and it will nothing will be impossible for you most powerful tool you have in your arsenal that has been provided by the Holy Spirit is your ability to speak the name of Jesus. To say, not in our name, but in His name. For this to be moved to there. In Hebrews it says, for it is impossible in chapter 6 verses 4 through 6. For it is impossible who have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Partakers of the Holy Spirit. Tasting, eating, drinking, experiencing the Holy Spirit. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Why? Since they crucify again. For themselves, the Son of God, and put him to open shame. Moses ended up being that example 
of striking instead of speaking, and as a result, crucifying Christ again in his life ended as an example and a sign and a witness for all of us to take to heart. As his feet did not trod into the promised, promised land that God said he would bring him. Thankfully, the Lord went and got him and took his body. Satan was all about getting the body of Moses. And what did he want to do with that body anyway? That's an interesting thought. But as I said, as we were reading through that passage, despite Moses' striking instead of speaking, God in his mercy, in his faithfulness, saw fit to let water flow from that rock. The rock, Christ. The one whom water flows from still today. Trusting the rock of ages. The rock of the name of Jesus. The apostles, the disciples, were now going. And they were beginning to use that powerful name in their personal lives and in their ministry lives. The name of Jesus which brings victory. The name of Jesus which is above every other name that there is and that ever shall be. Let us not fall into the same 40-year loop that the children of Israel found themselves falling into. Were their lives an example and a warning for ours, or were they not? Let's look. Let us learn. In Corinthians, this same passage teaching us about the spiritual drink, we've got to read through 7 through 13 in 1 Corinthians 10 and finish that context right there. Because he goes on to say that we receive this spiritual drink, but he says, do not be like them. They were our example. So do not be adulterers as some of them were. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Life is, life is not just about playing. It's not about playing. It's not about rising up and just, what's the next thing we can do to play and just enjoy? Enjoy Jesus. Enjoy your family. Do fun things together. But let us watch the adultery, idolatry that creeps into our heart and into our lives that anything that is placed in place of Jesus. Go back to your first commandment. No other gods. Yeah, we still believe those. They're still all true. They've been summed up. They've been made possible to execute but they're still true. 
We must not indulge, verse 8, not me, word of God. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. There we are. We're still talking about those examples, those examples of the past. What happened when they indulged in sexual immorality? Well, 23,000 fell in a single day. Just in case we were wondering, I know we're in the age of technology and pornography and that it runs rampant in the world and even some in the church, more than we'd probably be willing to admit. All pornography is sexual immorality. Just to be clear about that. The Word of God teaches us that we can't even think in our thoughts, sexual, inappropriate thoughts about another without committing adultery. How much more when we're filling our gateways and pleasing our flesh with indulging in pornography. Just know that it's a truth and you can be delivered from it. You can be, you can be freed from it. Every single, every single man, woman, boy and girl walking with Jesus can be freed from the addiction, the temptation, the trap of pornography, this sexual immorality. There's no judgment. There's no, there's no putting it in a different category. It's sin, and there's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. Tell that to somebody that you know this week. There's freedom. Tempting Christ. In verse 9, we must not put Christ to the test, as some did, and were destroyed by serpents. Putting Christ to the test. The Israelites, how they put Christ to the test? Well, they asked this, this question. Well, is the Lord even among us? Is the Lord even among us? 40 years of miracles. I don't, we don't even know if God's really even with us. Miracles, again, cannot change a person from the inside. We don't want to make the miracle the God. The God is the worker of the miracle. Complainers, grumbling. Verse 11. Now these things happened to them as an example. Listen, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Wow, even the Bible saying it's the end of the ages. The end of the ages has come. Verse 12. Therefore, let anyone thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And God is faithful. God is faithful. It's the faithful sandwich. Spiritual rock, 
whole bunch of exhortation and encouragement and correction in between. Come with that faithful piece of bread at the bottom. God is faithful. God is faithful. Come on, people. God is faithful. God is faithful. We get all caught up. I know you're caught up. You're still like, you're still like dealing with whatever area is messing with you right now. I know. It's okay because God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it in Jesus' name. Let's not loop again and again and again, falling into the same holes, the same traps, understanding that, yes, God will work miracles in our life, but change comes in the name of Jesus because it's in His name there's repentance. In His name there's power. In His name there's healing. In His name there's purpose. Not even religion can do anything for us or even sitting here in these seats here in this church can't alone by itself do anything for us. But as we embrace the name of Jesus and open our hearts to the name, to the power, saving power of the name of Jesus and invoke, invoke the name of Jesus in every aspect of our life, that is where and when the change happens in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Say it again. Say, in Jesus' name. All right, I'll be careful. I'm not going to turn it into a pep rally. I feel like it, but I'm not going to. Let's just stand to our feet. Worship team, go ahead and come. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Just, just close your eyes. Lift your hands just for a moment. Hallelujah. If you have some repentance to do, just do it. What you waiting for? What you waiting for? There's no, there's not, there's no like special moment. There's no, you know, charismatic, hyped up ultra call. There's just, there's just do it right now. In the name of Jesus, if something that was spoken today ministered conviction, and conviction is a ministry of the Lord. It's not to make you feel bad about yourself for the purpose of feeling bad, but for the purpose of receiving forgiveness and change setting in. There's been conviction from the ministry of the Holy Spirit conviction from the word of God just right where you are right now with your eyes closed so that you're just not distracted just repent in your heart repent and turn to Jesus right now thank you Jesus Jesus we need you today Lord we need you today Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. We need you today, Jesus. 
Draw us, Holy Spirit. Draw every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Just draw us near today, Lord. Lord, that we would leave here with a sense of pulling, pulling upon our hearts to live for you, to follow hard after you, Lord. To read and believe the word of God, the gospel of Christ. To take heed to the examples that have gone before us. And in fear and trembling, Lord, a holy, reverent awe of your goodness and your glory. Just every day, Lord, waking up and walking, walking hard after you, Lord. Lord, I pray today, Lord, for those who are battling through addictions and abuse, substances, pornography. Lord, I pray that today by the Word of God and by the Spirit of the living God that hope, hope would infuse their spirit in the name of Jesus. And power would come for freedom, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Just lift your hands, everybody, in this place. You just need a touch. You just need a filling of the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We need you, God. We're not, Lord, we're just, we're not in a hurry. There's no place else to be, Lord. <laughs> there's just no, there's just no better place, Lord, to be. So, Lord, just come and touch and minister. Lord, just come touch and minister. Touch and minister to your people today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to worship. If you want to, um, if you need to go, God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. We have lunch next door. Lord, we thank you for providing food. We ask your blessing upon it. Thank you for all the fellowship that happens week after week over there, Lord. And um, Lord, I just thank you for every man, woman, every family coming into this house. Lord, that you would just go with them, Lord, and speak to them. Speak to them and empower them all week long, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. If you would like to worship, if you would like prayer, you can approach these altars and we'll worship with you and pray with you in Jesus' name. Amen.